Yo, that thumbnail is absolutely cracking me up right now. I almost went into the show laughing. What's up, guys? Austin here with Block Bites, and we've got a fun show for you today. So it's just me and Corval today. We're going to be talking about the monthly close on Bitcoin, max pain point on options, Liz Warren continuing her anti-crypto crusade. We've got job numbers that came out today. We want to talk about reserve currencies. We got all sorts of shit to talk about. But most importantly, I think what we want to do today, we kind of want to riff with you guys as the community. So come on in, drop topics in the, in the, uh, in the comments, chat with us. Let's get into it. Let's have a really fun show today. Mikey, take us in, buddy. Yo, yo, yo. Sickness. What's up, Austin? My most humble apologies for being in it at 12 and 30 seconds. We were we were riffing on tweets and talking about the US losing reserve currency status. And Mikey had to rein us back in because we lost track of time. And my mom called me 10 minutes ago. I had to be like, Mom, I gotta go. Cygnus is gonna mom. yell at me if I'm not on time. <laughs> I need to be on the goddamn show. So mom, I'm a celebrity. People need Corval. Me. Corval, what's up, buddy? What's up? How you doing, man? You look, I'm doing all right, dude. You look debonair good, today, dude. man. Oh, thanks, man. Do you like this 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 uh, wavy hair? My new shirt. You have hair. the right. You got a you good amount of gray. Like my gray will come in. It's there. My wife sees it. She's like, "You got one." Did you get a new chair? No, man. No. Well, now it's visible. You know how no, my no. background oh, okay. is. Look at this. It just disappears randomly. <laughs> <laughs> All right, all right, let's get into it. So yeah, 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 like the, like the video, subscribe to the channel. Uh, if you are so inclined, if you've got a wild hair up your ass, do me a favor, retweet the tweet uh, with the link to the video in it. Let's get into it. So we have uh, some interesting things that are happening. So it wasn't a huge news day, right? And so before we get into this, I wanna say that like, just having, you know, we started doing this show, what, like a month ago, Corval, right? Yeah, and so this yeah. is new for me personally, doing a show every day where we've got to like, digest news mm -hmm. try and like formulate you know a, a narrative or a topic out of it and i gotta be honest with you it has felt recently like we've really been tugging on that what the fuck is the united states doing threat you, you know what i mean like it's almost mm -hmm. been like every single show there's just new stuff and new stuff and new stuff and, and it kind of like at times it takes its toll on me like you know we're it feels like the dystopian walls are closing in. I don't know. Is that is that like affecting you in any way, Corval? One hundred percent, dude. I mean, it might be because I broke up with my girl last month too, but also it just feels like everything's closing in because that's all bad news. Always, is what it feels like mostly, uh, from like the American perspective, right? Like from yeah. the state, like we have good news here with the markets every once in a while, and that's always a blessing. But whenever you hear something coming out of Washington, it sounds like fucking bullshit. Dude. <laughs> <laughs> so I feel like we're living in this weird, you know, type of generation where like, you know, we're getting just inundated with information at the speed of light, you know, and that's good on the one hand. Uh, and on the other hand, I think it creates like a form of mental illness. And I'm not I'm not sure what the diagnosis is yet, but I feel quite certain I've got it. Like whatever it is, I, I am getting. The, the I have something wrong. With me. I don't know what, but it's how. Yeah, I don't know what it is, but I'm sure they've got a name for it. All right, let's get into the show. We've we've riffed enough. So, oh, I say that to say this, to quote Double oh, yeah. Shark. 
Um, and we're going to talk about satin here in a second too. We're going to oh, dive into oh, what yeah, happened. We're going to talk about it, buddy. We're going to talk about it. Yeah. So, uh, but I say that to say this, um, and that today we kind of want to like riff with you guys, the community when it's just me and Corval, like, you know, he and I have like funny piss your pants, laugh conversations. And so we're just going to try and like bring that to the show. Um, and, uh, we'll see what we got. So let's get into it. So first things first, uh, we have. T tomorrow is a very, very important day, you know, for the Bitcoin chart, not just because it's a monthly close, uh, but it's also a quarterly close, right? And if we go to the three month chart, we're looking at something pretty interesting here, uh, which is a big bullish engulfing candle that engulfs the prior two months. And so there's something like calming, at least for me to look at charts like this, as opposed to looking at charts <laughs> like this, <laughs> right? Right. <laughs> Uh, because you know, we're, we're like, so in the minutia of what's happening when we look at charts like this, like last night was just Rugsville with, <laughs> with the big green Jesus. candle. And then China came in and bitch slapped it back down. But there are some things we should know, uh, about these quarterly closes and especially about the monthly close. So there is a massive options expiring, uh, that's happening tomorrow to the tune of, let me pull up the tweet here real quick. So. 4.1 billion oh in options expires that are happening tomorrow. So what that normally means, so there's something that they reference called max pain and max pain, as I understand it, and anyone feel free to correct me if I'm wrong, I'm learning as I go here. Max pain, as I understand it, is the point at which it would cause max pain to the purchasers of either the calls or the puts, but maximize profit for those that are selling them, right? Um, and so it says right here, max pain point of 24,000 for Bitcoin and max pain point of 1600 for uh, for Ethereum. So the theory is on max pain, and there is you know a fair amount of documentation and historical data to back this up, is that they would attempt to move no. price as close as possible to the max pain point. Um, and so expect some shenanigans, right? But we're only 36 hours away uh, from you know from from these options expires, which I believe. I don't know exactly what time they happen tomorrow, but, but anyhow, we are coming off of something kind of interesting here. And so assuming March closes in the green, we're getting three green months in a row, which is not, not something that often happens, right? It didn't happen at all in 2022. Uh, it happened once in 2021, coincidentally, the exact same month. Uh, it didn't, it happened at the end of 2020. So that was the bull run. So that was a, those six months there were just absolutely out of control, but it shows that bulls are, bulls are starting to take shape. Uh, bulls are starting to take shape and it doesn't mean that we're going to have up only, right. Uh, mm -hmm. but it definitely means that things are turning around. And I think, I think the place where we can see that really in action here is on the Dixie chart. Uh, the Dixie has been just dropping uh, like a beauty. And so we've got, we have a huge point of resistance down here at the 101-ish, or excuse me, support down at the 101 level. If we break back into that, that should be a risk-on signal. Uh, at least that's my belief. Corval, what are you watching these days, man? What am I watching? On like chart-wise, I don't watch charts, dude. It gives me too much anxiety. I, I checked. I thought you, uh, you were you were leverage trading. I know. I know you got wrecked on a couple. Yeah. Of, you told me, but you mentioned on the show. Burned out on leverage trading. I, I might stick my toes back in it here soon, but 
I was like so pissed because I was like shorting on the way down. I was like fucking it up so bad. I would like open a short like right after it like breached resistance, then close it way too early, then feel FOMO. So reopen it again and they get burned on the reversal. Mm. I was doing way too much leverage, 40 times leverage. <laughs> the casino, baby. Well, I mean, that's the it's deal. So like fun, these, though, bro. <laughs> these platforms are very profitable. GMX, oh, yeah. you know, gains network. Um, mm -hmm. what there's a bunch of them, right? But they're very, very profitable for that reason. I mean, you're essentially a casino and it's yeah. great. Yeah. I like using the ones that have like a like the the actual trading interface where it makes me feel like i'm actually trading instead of playing in a casino because i'm sure you've seen the ones i see these mostly on tiktok where the guy just has like it's just two big ass buttons and it's like short or long and uh just like slapping it i'd be like this is just like a, a slot machine if i had found <laughs> that bro i'd be broke now you wouldn't see me on be broke show. baby be broke <laughs> all right so uh to kind of cap this off though we did actually have some some numbers come out this morning now tomorrow we have pce coming out now we had quarter over quarter PCE today, uh, which is not really the metric. They're they I believe they use year over year as the primary metric over at the over the Fed. Uh, but we did have GDP uh, come out, which uh, looks like it missed estimates two point six percent as opposed to two point seven. But on the positive side of things, because we're living in clown world where bad news equals good news, the jobless claims actually went up and they beat estimates by two thousand. And so that's kind of interesting. Now, none of this really had any effect or moved the market whatsoever, uh, but we, we get core PCE tomorrow. So keep an eye on that. I think we want to talk about, you want to get into satin? Yeah, I want to get into satin. I, I also kind of want to quickly address like these jobless, the jobless claims thing. Like I'm starting to worry that the 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 metrics that they're using to gauge whether or not they're successful in in controlling inflation aren't very accurate. I don't know. Maybe I'm just completely wrong here. I know that they they say that they want to push jobs down because then people are spending less, but I feel like people are already spending too much on necessities. So jobless well, claims going up might be just bad overall. So core spending uh, seems to be trending very, very down. I don't have the chart in front of me here, but ever since the banking crisis, you know, a couple yeah. weeks back, like actual spending tanked uh, in a yeah. big way. So I, I do think we're going to start to see the metrics that would lend itself to inflation going down. I mean, when you have such a public fuck up, like a banking crisis, and then all the rumors and all this information flying at your face about like what the Fed actually did and how mm -hmm. they've screwed this up so bad, like you know, you're going to hold your nuts, right? If you were yeah. a squirrel or somebody with big nuts, uh, you would hold those nuts. And so that's, I think what people are doing is they're going, yo, I'm, I'm sitting cash right now. Let's keep mm -hmm. these close. And one place, a shitload of liquidity is sitting. And I think we mentioned this on yesterday's show, but in money, money markets. markets right now are out of control. Like, mm -hmm. and that's, you know, that's money to be deployed uh, when, when the time is right. So whenever this shakes out, whatever, whenever this shakes out, uh, I want to be here for it. I want to see us oh. rubber band real hard, snap real hard. Rubber band man. All right, let's do it. All right, so all right, so let's get into let's get into satin for a second. I don't know how long this is going to take. Again, we're kind of like freestyling and riffing today. Um, so all right, so there was a launch yesterday, and you've heard us mention it a couple times on the show because we've like we've had contact with these guys in real life because one of the satin founders was a speaker at a conference that Blockbytes was a press partner for right so we got to meet actually in person chat with these guys you know and my impression from them now of course i'm not qualified to assess development skills that's not my bag um 
but I, I, I can get an impression for people and I believe their intentions are good. And I believe that they want to like really create a good project. And I believe that they will, right? I don't think mm-hmm. they had a rough launch. So here's what happened. Uh, so 8 PM my time last night, rewards go live site is just kind of buggy. Like it's hard to use. The RPCs don't work. One big mistake that they made out the gate. So they did these pre-sales and they were going to add protocol owned liquidity in there. They only added $50,000 in liquidity. This is a, this is not good, right? Because you had all these people trying to snipe this token with 50 grand in liquidity and it shot up like, like 10 X people got wrecked, you know? And, uh, so that was, that was problem number one. I think that's been solved. It looks like there's like a million bucks in liquidity now for that token. Um, problem number two. So rumors start circulating and I don't have details. And again, I'm, I'm just giving you like what I've ascertained from chatting with these guys and pulling out of the discord. But it seems like when that big spike happened, there was at least one seed sale participant, right? And these are the guys that got in even before the IDO that sold. And I don't, again, I don't know the details. But that that kind of kicked off like, you know, so we've got buggy site, we've got price spiking and people getting wrecked. And then we've got somebody out of presale who had unlocked tokens selling. Right. So it's really it's a perfect storm. Wow. At this point is what happened. Fucking brutal, dude. So. All right. So there is a happy ending to this. Uh, you know, we'll, we'll get to not that kind of happy ending. You <laughs> uh, so so there's more. Right. So we're in the discord and I'm reading. Now, I don't know if you guys know who a guy named Dog is. Uh, it's obviously not his, you know, it's not his dog. Christian name. It's his, it's his pseudonym, D-O-G. Dog. So Dog, Dog is the lead dev. He's a guy behind Ramsey's. Okay. He was also like, you remember when Solidly on ETH had like that split with their layer two? Dog mm-hmm. was the layer two, as far as I know, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. But long story short, Dog knows the Solidly model and code very, 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 very well. Like regardless of what you know or think regardless he knows the code right and he came in and he said hey guys uh you got some bugs and he he took a look at the code base and he said yo i can help you fix this shit but like you've kind of exposed your people to some issues and so i wasn't really sure what was going on so i i started to try and pull on that string a little bit and this whole time like clay and i we were having like uh, he and i were having a meeting Clay's getting drunk, like on the meeting. So like he's getting more and more animated as we go along. And we're both going, what the hell's going on here, right? I wish I was there. Clay's funny when he's drunk, dude. It's probably why he's not on the show today. It's not probably. That's why he's not on the show today. (laughs) And so so I I hit up Dog and I'm like, yo, what's going on? And basically, long story short is what he shared with me. He's like, yo, I they they essentially forked solidly V1. Mm. Oh no. Anyone, anyone, anyone that was around. And I, again, this is not confirmed. I can't promise you this is absolutely true, but this is kind of like the information that I was giving, right. Or given. Uh, and so, uh, solidly V1 had a lot of bugs in it. Like anyone that was around knows that like solidly V1 had issues, had bribe issues. It had, uh, LP issues, all sorts of stuff. It was real. And so dog posts this stuff in the discord and I'm reading this going, Oh fuck. Like, like, and I'm hitting him up going, you need to listen to this guy. Like you got to fix this shit. If, if this is true. So long story short, uh, they, they got a lot of the bugs fixed this morning. They engaged with dog. Now, now Velodrome like fixed most of these issues. I mean, the real simple move would have been to do an equalizer or Athena did, which is start with the Velodrome code base and iterate from there. Mm-hmm. which uh, apparently is not what happened. So anyhow, dog dog claimed a bounty this morning 
Uh, all of those things are getting fixed. The site does seem to be uh, working better. From what I can tell, like a bunch of those errors aren't flopping up. But again, it, it's a rough launch. It was mm -hmm. a rough launch. And so to go back on my original statement and say, I do believe there's a team here that has the best intentions at heart that will do well. Uh, potentially, they could use some PR help, I think. Uh, like I would like to see them take a better approach in addressing the community because I've noticed they've kind of got like this degen, like, uh, you know, whatever, kind of a sarcastic tone, but there comes a point to where you've got to be like, you've got to be real professional with this shit and say, Hey, okay, we goofed. Here's the way that we goofed. Here's what we're doing to fix it. Hang on. Right. Um, and so that's, that, that needs to happen. I believe that will happen. I've shared that with them. I said, Hey, this concerns me. Like you guys got to get this together. So that's the long and the short of the story. Um, I believe they're going to get it fixed. I'm, I'm glad they engaged with dog, uh, who, you know, like Ramsey's is solid. Uh, I know that he knows this code base very well, uh, mm -hmm. from my understanding. And so I'm, I'm really glad that they're going to be working together. That's the long story short on satin. Am I bullish on satin? If they get this shit fixed. Yes, I am. If, if you get a, you get a working code base and everything is functioning in the proper way, they've got a huge network, which <laughs> the network was working last night. Like that was, that was pissing me off too. I'm like, what? the hell are you guys doing here it wasn't them you know the rpcs polygon yeah. was getting all funky but i'm but, still getting those rpc errors dude i was trying to check node. it out quick node listen to me guys quicknode.com 49 dollars a month you can create a custom rpc for every chain that you're on my friends Ooh. and and it's i think it's like semi-shared but like it's not your main rpc 50 bucks a month like to ensure that your shit always gets through the network it's very very worth it um, anyhow, but back to, back to satin. So if they get the code base fixed, um, and they, you know, like do an about face and say, Hey guys, here's the ways in which we could have done this better, right? Because it's gotta be acknowledged that you've, you should have added liquidity before the token launch period. End of story. Like people got wrecked on that and you can't really put that back on the people. I mean, you can, but like you, you shouldn't have to, um, mm -hmm. it, that shouldn't be the way that this is addressed to them because it's not going to gain them any goodwill. You, you know what I mean? Like you should have added the liquidity. Uh, and so that's kind of where I'm at right now uh, mm -hmm. with it. Thoughts? Yeah, I'm concerns? a little salty. I'm a little salty, dude. I'm a little salty about it. I think you bring it, you think you're being very fair, um, but it is kind of uh, like frustrating to hear it was solidly v1 all this time but you know all you can really do is hope the team makes amends fixes it up right you bring up a great point and this is something that in crypto and maybe it's because people are pseudonymous even people that aren't pseudonymous but one of the biggest drawbacks i see in a lot of crypto personalities is their inability to say i was wrong here's how i'm going to fix it mm -hmm. right like, I don't know what it is. It just like cuts through people. They have trouble saying I was wrong. Here's how I'm going to face. Do you know what that it, like, dude, people screw up every human being watching the show and, and in the world has screwed up at one point or another. Everyone gets it right. Mm -hmm. It's what you do after that screw up. Do you acknowledge it and, and correct it? That those are the things that like need to happen. And dude, that goes beyond anything else. Like human beings understand that. Like I've made a mistake. Let's make amends for that mistake. Right. And then own it. And that's the type of shit that, that good projects do they own yeah. where they've gone wrong you know and so i hope that that's the the approach that they take moving forward yeah i'm praying bro 
devs, founders have big egos. Very true. <laughs> Very true. A long story short. So, so for me personally, like I've got some LPs in there. I'm fine with that. Like they're getting, you know, the, the code issues fixed up. Um, they're not, you know, they may, they, they may have made some mistakes. Hopefully they're going to make those mistakes. Right. I believe that they will, um, and move forward. So, and you know, I don't like if, had I been a drinker, I probably wouldn't, you'd be doing this show alone tonight, brother. I would have been up <laughs> at three, four in the morning with clay going, what the fuck's going on here? So I want money, next- dude. They got all my money, bro. What? So Jaeger brings up a good point. What was the idea about seed not being vested like public sales? So public sale was vested, but the seed money isn't right. So from my understanding, there was like, I don't know how many seed people. I don't think there was a bunch. I think it was less than 10. So early on, so here's kind of the the way that this went. So they actually had a launch date that was like months earlier that they were going to do, but they had no publicity and they they did an IDO and like Clay and I both went to the site, just like the, like every other public sale participant, we put money in as cash and we were like the only two people and like the number was not going up and we're like, you didn't, you didn't sell a lot of tokens in IDO here. So they're like, yeah, okay. So let's, let's pause this for a second. Maybe we're not hitting this at the right time. We haven't done enough marketing yet. Um, and so what they did is they, they did, they paused and they said, okay, we've got to, we've got to get some shit in order before we do an actual IDO. They got it in order so well that like a crap ton of money flowed in, right? Because it was solidly seasoned. Shit was pumping all over the place, mm-hmm. blah, blah, blah. What was your original question? Cause I just ADD on you. Oh, uh, why, why seed was, was not vested, but, but public sale was. Oh yeah. Okay. So let's get into that. Um, so I guess in the period of like, now this is hundred percent speculation. Uh, so take that for what it's worth, but in the period of nobody jumped in, in our original IDO to the point of launch, right? You notice there is a massive like influx of people. Like there was a clear difference between beginning and end, right? Mm -hmm. And what I think happened there was there was some, you know, they're like, okay, you can get into the seed sale and, you know, help us to promote to these various communities. And they did go on like a ton of like Twitter spaces and all sorts of shit. Like we, we did one with all the solidly forks. We had a, a, you know, equalizer and all those guys on and they were a part of it. Um, and so, you know, to their credit, like they, they really put the work in, I think, you know, looking at it for right now, like, I think it was probably, you know, potentially a rookie move. Um, Mm -hmm. I don't know that to be a hundred percent, like had I really absorbed all of the information and looked at it, I probably would have, you know, gone, ah, maybe I should wait to add some LPs until this thing really bottoms out because, you know, we're like kind of trusting all these people not to sell, you know what mm-hmm. I mean? Yeah. So, but, but that's like, it's done. Like we're at the point that that's done. Uh, having talked to them, like I, I get the impression or like, I feel like, you know, whoever did sell and there's a lot of speculation as to who that was. I don't know who it was, uh, but <laughs> people are speculating in the comments, uh, whoever that was, it doesn't, it's, it's really, it's done. Um, but I think moving forward, if they get these things fixed, you know, I think they have as good a shot as anyone, maybe even a better shot if the money really flows to Polygon. Yeah. Hopefully they can break the Polygon solidly curse, the curse of, of solidly force on Polygon. Yeah. The first, the first one, I don't know what the hell happened. Like the, I don't know. They ended up dying, like basically stopped getting liquidity. Fork V1 maybe. 
Right. <laughs> that's exactly what happened. Yeah. But damn. So, man. so that's, you know, that's my like impression of what went down last night. And, mm-hmm. and I have LPs there and I have, you know, I believe that the team will turn around. So, yeah. And they I'm, engaged with the bounty hunter, dog, the bounty hunter. That's such a good name, dude. Yeah. I mean, honestly, I was thinking of this is a much nerdier reference. I was thinking of the super mutant from Fallout Dog, the big guy. He's <laughs> just named Dog. I don't even uh, know who that is, man. Hey, don't worry about it. He's big so, and green and mean. That's all you need to know. <laughs> so that's what happened there. And uh, yeah, so we could probably move on from that if there's nothing else because, yeah. because, because, because this bitch again. Yeah. <laughs> like, <laughs> what the hell is this actually her like her senate like are these the campaign posters she's putting all over the place i'm assuming so it says it's part of a re-election campaign okay so she's not running for president again like like you know these lines the voting lines now take all the conspiracies out of it let's just assume we live in a democracy right we're just going to assume that for the sake of the argument here the voting lines are razor thin like they could tip either way if like one county shows up that's mainly red or one county shows up that's mainly blue like you can tip the scales and and like Mm -hmm. you know the house i think was only won by a couple of republicans and the senate was only won by like one or two democrats like it was so razor thin right yeah and i i get the feeling not to get political but i get the feeling that one side is going hey there's enough people that love crypto in this country that we're going to be pro crypto and try and get those votes to our side. And then these guys are, but to say that we're going to be anti-crypto, you're, you're basically alienating those yeah. folks. You know what I mean? Like That's at least point, straddle Austin. the fence. That is like a very uh, good point. It's like following the, I mean, we talk at the people that watch policies have been talking about it forever. The increasing like uh, partisanship, like straight up alienating the other side, as opposed to like trying to bridge it at all, you know, being like straight up, like, fuck fuck like abortion or whatever like drawing really hard lines um which is not really good for the stability of everything so it just riles everything up i mean it's just like classic rhetoric building an anti-crypto army like what does that even mean like a bunch of fucking like soccer moms and shit like all what does that mean against crypto of, you ever army. see that saturday night live skit where, where it's a mom jeans commercial and they all got them pulled up above their belly button man that's what i think <laughs> of when i look at elizabeth warren yeah but but so anyhow, you know, I don't know who the PR guys are that that came up with this. And I feel like there's potentially, you know, somebody needs to get fired over this. Mm-hmm. But long story short, we would expect nothing less from her. I mean, she literally blamed the banking crisis on those dirty, dirty crypto people. So, yeah, I mean, which is kind of ironic. I mean, like the like this top U.S. Treasury official, we got this article Nelly Lang told housemakers that the crypto industry wasn't a factor in Silicon Valley and uh, Signature Bank. We're getting told all kinds of mixed messages here, to be honest. Some mm-hmm. people saying like, uh, and especially like their actions not matching their words. But yeah, it definitely seems like there's a consensus kind of forming in Congress. Maybe it's just on the Republican side, but it kind of seems a little bipartisan, judging by some of these committees, that they really don't blame crypto for it. It does seem more of like just a banking failure. Yeah, but I mean, I, the I day, do think it's bipartisan, by the way. Like, I mm-hmm. believe that, like, on the public face, it kind of seems partisan, but I believe, like, you know, behind the doors, like, I think there's support on both sides of the aisle 
for cryptocurrency and the fallacy of this is being seen like i'm you know i, I see cygnus mentioned he's a registered independent like i'm registered libertarian we just hate all forms of government like just get rid <laughs> just get rid of them all you know what i mean like, they're, they're all just too damn much so but there's something interesting happening um and you know we've talked about the us dollar so much on this on this channel and i don't want to like continue That's to harp word. on this but mm -hmm. you got you got xi Jinping. damn it i'm gonna say his name xi Jinping. i, I cannot xi say his name properly yeah xi him. the leader of china uh came out oh, this morning and like it just broke my heart he says i'm telling my generals to prepare for war like you know and if china enters we're in a world war period end of story like that's just it now where's this chart that i want to i want to show you guys because this is very very interesting here so this is the global reserve currencies chart all the way back from the year 1450 and you'll notice something here um they all seem to have a very very similar lifespan right i mean the, the one that hung in there the most was spain at 110 years and then britain with 105 years we're currently sitting at 94 years but you see 1921 i mean we're moving just past world war one at that point right uh there's there's major like the reserve currencies do not go without a fight is my point right and, and you keep yourself as a reserve currency by 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 essentially keeping it through force and mm -hmm. you know it it just breaks my heart that that this is the world and maybe maybe it's more indicative of like all this information that's pumping into my brain on twitter mm -hmm. but like it breaks my heart that you know i don't care about what the reserve currency is personally um but it breaks my heart that we're moving in a direction where we may have to see this shift in our lifetime which is going to mean a lot of bloodshed yeah you know it truly is worrying i mean we already have like i mean for my entire life the u.s has been involved in like active conflict uh so if it blows up into something bigger you know it's it, it's a awful progression of the system it's interesting looking at this chart, though, because when I see like Spain at 110 years and Britain at 105, it reminds me like uh, Spain had like like infinite gold for a while, like when they exploited the new world. So that was like a huge part of like why I'm sure they retained dominance. They were just incredibly, incredibly wealthy. Mm -hmm. I think the same thing with Britain. I mean, Britain had colonies all over the world, but they had massive access to gold reserves because of that. We don't have any gold anymore. I think most of it is being bought up by like uh no, I think we we have gold. I mean there's there's gold. I mean in Fort Knox. <laughs> probably maybe nobody nobody knows, but I, I do believe the Federal Reserve banks like they store a bunch of gold. Like we do have gold mm -hmm. reserves. But somebody somebody mentioned over here, Evan, maybe we will learn some humility. And that's interesting. So like I've mentioned this before. When I was a kid uh in the nineties, that little stretch, I lived in Tokyo, Japan for four years, right? So I came from like an American way of thinking thrust into a very East Asian way of thinking. And I noticed some really interesting things while I was over there. I have uh, this vivid memory of walking down the street and, and seeing a 5,000 yen bill on the ground, which at the time was worth roughly $40, right? And it wasn't mine. And my dad was like, yo, you, you shouldn't keep it. So he took it and he put the bill on top of a soda machine with a rock on top of it. And we were walking to the subway. We were going somewhere shopping. I don't remember. We came walking back two hours later and that bill was still there. Nobody took the money, 
right? Because the 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 system of honor with which they're raised, right? Now, on the other mm. side of things, there's a whole lot of we have to look good, uh, saving face, things of that nature. I also lived in Mexico. And I'm going to tell you the God's honest truth. The place where I was living was one of the most impoverished places I've ever been to in my life. And I met some of the happiest, most loving, most beautiful people in the entire world down there because they were like unencumbered by all the shit that we're yeah. encumbered with. You know what I mean? So like two complete different sides. So when I look at this and I see, okay, the U.S. acting in this way, it's reacting on these, these experiences that I have of like, yo, there's a whole world out there of people that are like not caught up in this shit that are just living their day-to-day -day lives for their family or whatever the case may be. So I don't even know if that made any sense, but like that's kind of the filter that I'm seeing this through. Yeah, like maybe America does need some humility. There is a lot of, uh, it's, it's kind of what I'm getting. Uh, there's a lot of like outward expression of our ideals that are not like uh, necessarily like that great, right? If that makes sense. Like when you think, when you're telling me like about the the way people in uh, the poor regions of Mexico can kind of like simply enjoy life, kind of like a love for life. And then when you hear about like Japan, there's like a lot of love for society, like the honor and like also, mm -hmm. what do they call that? Respect for like rules, right? Like you don't want to lose face, so you got to stick to the rules. But in America, it's just a lot more like aggressive. Like you guys should be like us. <laughs> Well, dude, so when we were in Tokyo, my dad played on this traveling softball team and we would go to like Indonesia, we would go to Singapore. Like when you go on vacation in Japan, you go to other countries, Hong Kong, South Korea, whatever, right? Mm -hmm. So they're very like internationally exposed. I would like, I would, you know, come back to the US and people would ask me if I spoke Chinese and I was like, I didn't live in China, I lived in Japan. And it was, <laughs> you know what I mean? And yeah. like at the time it really reacted on me. Now I kind of get it that maybe there's, you know, maybe there's a difference and Cygnus you're hundred percent right. Like yeah. The values of the United States are sound. Right. And I think anyone that's getting angry watching what's happening is, is because they have a foundation of the values with which the country was founded upon. And we're so far from that. Yeah. Right. It, it is a, uh, like, it is difficult though, because in a large, I mean, I guess not really, we haven't really benefited all that much from the occupying central bankers as Cygnus has put it. The, uh, but they do have like a lot of influence globally as well. Like if you look into an interesting, if you like economics, an interesting case study is to watch. There's a documentary called uh, "The Princes of Yen," and it talks about how the central banks in Japan also completely fucked up their economy on purpose mm -hmm. uh, to consolidate power inside the banking system. And I think that's exactly what we see here in America too. We were laying it out with choke point and and uh, the Fed's monetary policy over the last week too. It's, it's very similar. Um, and it's just, it, I, I don't, I try not to think of it as like people being fucking evil. Like they're, they're not like Skeletor or whatever. And they're, they're banking castles. They're just trying to, like anyone does, they try to consolidate their power, like how much they can control They No one likes feeling like things are outside of their control. And if you're running a big banking system, it makes sense that you're like, well, I want my fed to control as much as possible to reduce risk. Mm -hmm. And that's what we're seeing, but we're all having to suffer for it. <laughs> Well, Japan has been in infinite QE for a decade. Yeah. I, don't, I don't know the exact, but for a long, long time. And I, I think you bring up, you bring up some interesting points there. But so one kind of like guiding principle is that you, like, here's an example, right? If you want something to get fixed, you've got to let it expand to the point that it's painful for people to take action. For mm -hmm. instance, for me, I had to get large enough 
personally, like I had to gain enough weight that it got painful for me before I made the decision to change my lifestyle. Right. And I kind of, you know, that's just one example. There's a hundred examples out there. So mm -hmm. in, in one sense, like the fact that this is kind of accelerating and expanding at this rate, you know, it has a silver lining and it has a silver lining in the fact that the people that are going to mobilize are mobilizing. Yeah. You, you know? got to hit rock bottom before you can come up. Right. That's another though they say, uh, and that's what the U.S. is maybe heading towards, hitting rock bottom. It occurs to me now, thinking about it too, trying to connect this back to crypto a little bit. Um, it seems like trying to pull, people have been mentioning this too, trying to cut down access to the crypto markets, trying to pull the dollars back into the system under which they can be controlled. Um, because I find it kind of hard to believe that like America is not being, like our leaders are not being blindsided by Brazil working with China on a yuan like they're not being blindsided by france buying this stuff this stuff has probably already occurred in diplomatic back channels like explaining this so it seems like they're trying to shore up the defense of the american dollar like trying to preserve that hegemony because it they do lose probably money when it enters the crypto system and gets pulled out elsewhere it's like value transfer that they they can't control so maybe we played a big part in this. <laughs> well, you know, my hope is, you know, I mean, you look at all the other That's right, reserve <laughs> currencies that we were talking about, you know, they don't go without a fight. My hope is there's there's so much public posturing that's happening. I think somebody mentioned that earlier, but like China's publicly posturing, Saudi Arabia, Russia, <laughs> France, even Brazil, all of these guys are saying, oh, screw you. We're just not going to do it anymore. Right. <laughs> we're just not yeah. going to transact in your in your currency right now. Now, this is something that's not going to happen overnight. But my hope is, and I don't, I don't for a second believe this will actually happen, but my hope, my little tiny hope is that there's enough worldwide, you know, if we're going to move away from the dollar as the reserve currency, that there's enough worldwide acceptance to do that, that it doesn't have to happen with massive bloodshed. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? That it's like, hey, all of these gigantic military powers have now decided they're not going to do this. Mm -hmm. Let's well, just move in that direction. Yeah, I get. I don't think we mentioned that, but like each one of these little periods also does end in like a massive war. Um, like France, eighteen fifteen, that's the Napoleonic Wars. Uh, nineteen twenty, obviously, is World War One. Uh, I don't know what this Netherlands one is. The Treaty of Hague. Uh, yeah, Spain and and uh, the Netherlands going to war. Uh, yeah. So <laughs> it does. Like we say on this show all the time when we're talking about markets past performance does not necessarily indicate future results, right? But history does rhyme. <laughs> Things do kind of not necessarily repeat exactly, but they do kind of repeat on uh, in, in well, character. So tying this back in, and I think this is really, really important. So, you know, looking at this chart, the only difference that I can see is that we're at the first time in history where there's a twinge of a hope to get outside of this system. Because mm -hmm. everyone that lived within these systems, when the change came, they were just there for it. Like, you're just going to have to roll with what we've got. Like, gold was an escape, you know, but, you know, how much value in gold are you going to... I mean, I guess you could fill your closet up with it, but, like, you know, if you had to move, like, eh, yeah. you know, they're, they're going to get you. They're going to get you. But, but like, Nick put out a great tweet the other day saying, you know, that the more and more this happens, the more galvanized he is to seeing the need for for Bitcoin itself, right? Just Bitcoin. And, mm -hmm. and I agree with that. And I think, you know, to the first point of you got to let the shit expand for it to contract. I think the expansion of it is, you know, pushing people in this direction, 
uh, it's they're they're slam dunking the narrative for anyone that's got their eyes open. And a lot of people don't, but a lot of people yeah. do. Yeah, it's also really important that it's. I mean, this is going to sound fucked up, but it's always most important that the right people uh, have their eyes in the right place. You know what I mean? Uh, most big revolutions are kind of led from from the top, unfortunately. So we got to get, we do have some allies, it seems, in Congress and the like. So hopefully that will be enough to tip the needle in our favor. I think so. You know, I hope so. That's my hope. And somebody had mentioned, uh, what was it, 543? Mm -hmm. I I signed up for it the other day, but I can't never remember the numbers. 435, Uh, Coinbase Initiative 435. All it is, it's essentially, hey, sign up here. You just give them your name uh, and maybe a phone number. And the point is to get, pro crypto people into office in your state in your district right so they'll say okay this guy's pro crypto please vote in this direction and that's essentially and then maybe there's i don't know rallies or some shit that's gonna go on <laughs> but like but like be a part of that you know because there's going to need to be some activi- activism uh to to keep this going at least at least in the short term you know there's there's definitely gonna need to be yeah it's easy to get lost in the sauce here in crypto world sometimes uh like being online so much but there is like a lot of activity outside of it i mean we've been talking a lot about on the show but there's a lot of activity that affects us that it it makes sense to act like actively participate in meat space sometimes go out mail your congressman (laughs) being like in the belly of the beast with this because you know guys like you and i will i mean anyone that's watching the show you're way more involved in crypto than like the guy that bought bitcoin and just keeps it on coinbase you know but like, and, and some of you guys know my story. It's, it's an interesting history, but like, I don't have a college degree. You know, I, I attempted to go to college multiple times and, and like, didn't get through not because of intelligence, just cause I, I can't fucking pay attention. Right. And I just could not get through college. So like the world basically to a guy like me, if you look at me on paper, the world says, now you shouldn't be living the life you're living like, but I am. Right. And I'm getting to live this cool of a life because of the opportunities that cryptocurrency afforded me, because it's not about what you look like, what your educational background is, you know, necessarily your level of intelligence. I mean, sometimes being a little bit a little bit on the slow side is not a bad thing in crypto because <laughs> you you take stupid risks. But but long story short, like I'm getting to do things in my life and provide for my family in a way that the, the world says I really shouldn't on paper. And mm-hmm. that. I love that I'm passionate about. And I know that there's other people that, that are watching this or that are in this industry that have that same experience that we got an opportunity to change our lives. Um, and I want, you know, other people to have that as well, you know? So that's my story and I'm sticking to it, man. <laughs> I love it. That's dude. That's very I, inspirational. It's true, you. man. The, the, it, the idea that we can have like this kind of, um, almost true meritocracy. I mean, there's still some issues with crypto for sure, but it is a lot more forgiving than, uh, you know, I mean, I've worked in, I worked in an office for most of my career and it is very much like office politics, like bullshit. But I see a lot of people that are complete and total spurks, (laughs) not very social at all, but they're able to succeed very strongly in, in crypto. And I really like to see that. Here, here, Evan, I agree with you, man. I think it's coming. I think it's coming. You know, Bitcoin dominance continues to get rejected around the 48 level. I'm I'm really, really hoping for a little alt season here, man. A little, little money rotation would do the body good, I think. I'm thinking we're going to see an alt season, bro. Like, you want to hear a crazy-ass prediction? I'll make a crazy-ass prediction Please. right now, dude. I, I, I predict crypto markets are going to go fucking nuts because uh, <laughs> as, like, the uh, 
the the U.S. dollar starts to suffer more because people are uh, trading out of it, it's gonna wait. No wait. Maybe maybe the dollar will get stronger because people are trading out. Of it. No 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 no. Dollar's gonna get weaker. <laughs> The U.S. is gonna be fluxed full of U.S. dollars, and it's gonna and it's gonna send the crypto markets fucking parabolic, bro. Dude, that was so, Mikey Emmett. Somebody timestamp that. So I'm gonna make a crazy ass prediction. The crypto markets are gonna go fucking nuts. I want to snip that and put that at the bottom of every tweet I ever put out for the rest of my life. <laughs> All right, we gonna we gonna wrap this one up. You got anything else before we get the hell out of here? Uh, no, I just want to thank everyone for joining us. This was, I hope this was a fun one for everybody. We didn't have as much of a structure, but I kind of liked it. Freewheeling. Freewheeling. Man, I appreciate you guys that watch this this show and that show up every day and like comment and banter with us. Like it's such, it's a highlight of my day, man. I really, you know, like I do this because I love doing it and it's fun. I like rapping with you guys and I just appreciate all of you guys showing up. I love our little community that is uh that's popping up around here so yeah thanks for coming guys appreciate you appreciate See, you hit that like button or clay yeah. will yell at me Subscribe, he's on over right dude. now so he won't yell that loud probably but like he will yell at me all right let's get the hell out of here mikey take us home brother see you fellas